holy hour of power, the Terry and Jesse show. The month of December is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. We're also ramping up for the Christmas season. Joy to the world. You know, and you know, Terry, Tell me. Uh, there is no other birthday on planet Earth that sparks so much joy and happiness and just right. delight and contentment. I mean, I'm thinking about, let you think about it. The birth of Buddha, <laughs> the birth of Muhammad, the birth of uh, Hindu. You know, the birth of, uh, you know, Zoroastrianism. There is nobody on planet Earth whose uh, whose life, death and resurrection has has impacted the human race like Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. I just want to compliment you, brother. Uh, You're you're right. I can't even think of anybody else's birthday that has even comes close. But I noticed (laughs) you're wearing a miraculous medal. And I love that blue medal. People that are watching us on YouTube Je- uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Is that because of the month of December? Come on, yes. sure. That's what yeah. I assumed. Yeah, I, I always December. wear it underneath, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wearing it outside in the month yeah. of December. Yeah, I should do the same. Hey, you know what, Jess? It's a done deal, baby. For December. For there December. you go. Yes. All right. Hey, Terry, we got, we got a couple things that we're going to be talking no, about today. No, good things. We got one of the holiest cardinals in the yeah. Catholic Church to talk about today, bro. That's my opinion. Yeah, also... I know people have been asking this, so I'll, let you, I'll just, I know you're going to answer this on Monday with, oh, yeah. with the good Bishop Strickland. People yeah. have been asking about yeah. this whole thing about sure. celebrating Mass, yeah. and is it true or is it not true? Where do you get the information from? So Terry and yeah. Bishop Strickland, yep. they're going to tackle that on Monday, so just stand by. Oh yeah, it's coming. Well, today we're going to talk about a, a very important topic, because our borders are just being overrun, we know that, but have our bishops embraced the... Senator Schumer doctrine. And what is that doctrine? We'll get into that. And then we're also going to be getting one of the holiest cardinals, as I say, in the church, Cardinal Seurat, to talk about a couple things. Number one, he's an interview. He says, no senate can invent a female priesthood. You notice he said invent. But the one article I think everybody's really going to get, uh, you're going to say, man, I wish this guy was the pope. Cardinal Seurat offers ways to deal with the crisis of faith in the world. And it's not with synodality. It's not that. Wait till you hear what he has to say. It's about the person of Christ. Amen, Bishop and Cardinal Seurat. We'll get into that and much more. Jesse, I have a good news story. And, you know, we always call it the need-to-know file. But I was, I was happy when I saw this because Pope Francis wants to be buried in Roman's Basilica, not in the Vatican where many of his predecessors have been buried. Interesting. And, yeah, and, you know, he's 87 years old on Sunday. And so, I mean, he's realizing that time is short and uh, he's planning for his funeral. And I think that, to me, that's a good example. Jesse, I have to share with you, you're probably going to be aware of this, but when I was 22 years old, I bought my uh, cemetery plot at Queen of Angels because I said to myself, nobody gets out alive. And uh, if it's like I'm in real estate at the time, I said, it's only going to go up in price. So uh, when I (laughs) married my wife, I told her up front, hey, honey. I already got the plot bought. She's like, what? You did what? Yeah, it's already done. Because you know what, Jess? It's planning. So I say, thank you, Pope Francis. That's a good example for us to realize that we all should plan our funeral because it's going to come just like tomorrow comes. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, hey, Terry, uh, Catholic Vote, they they put out the uh, I, the, the heroes for 2023 and I'll tell you, I'm going to disagree with one of the people that they have. Uh, the heroes for 2023, they have Mark Houck. 
That's, that guy's a hero. Oh, yeah, big guy. Lila Rose, yep. hero. Terrific. They got uh, Kyle Seraf- Seraphim. He's the former FBI agent. He's a Catholic guy that basically blew the whistle and, and uh, divulged all the yep. uh, all, all, all the inf- information that we're going to attack or go after pro-life and traditional Catholics. So Kyle Seraphim's a hero. But they also have Archbishop Jose Gomez at the, as a fourth hero. I could think of other bishops that are more heroic in 2023 than Archbishop Gomez. I'm just saying, just objectively speaking, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that was the best choice. But it was politically, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say it right here on the air. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's going, Terry, don't do it, don't do it. I'm going to do it, Jess. I think it was politically correct for a Catholic vote to do that because he is the largest diocese in the country. And mm-hmm. uh, putting him on that, you know, that, that's a that's a good thing. And I'm not going to say that. I think I have other bishops that I work with that I think are uh, uh, more of more a heroic. Hero. I think, yes. matter of fact, I'll just say it, Jesse <laughs> Bishop Joseph Strickland. He's heroic for what he did, and he's continuing to do it. Okay, I said it. Done. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just had to put it out there. I just, I just, you know what I love about you know people tell me, Jesse, they go, I love when you guys just tell it like it is, or you blow a fuse, and you, you know, you're like, what's well, because when I see things that aren't that uh, clear, I just go, wait a minute, come on, be honest. This guy's the biggest hero in the church right now yeah. are the guys that are being pushed around. Yeah, okay. so, so, so Heroes of the Year, the final four, Lyra Rose, hero, awesome. my book. Mark Houck, hero. Yes. Kyle Seraphim, uh, FBI whistleblower, yeah, good job. hero. Archbishop Gomez, I uh, there's a, at least a half a dozen people, clerics, that... Yeah should have taken a spot. I'm just saying, Terry. Well, that's just our opinion. But you know what, Jess? Yeah. I'm entitled. That's all. I, I, we can agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Also, a new Reuters poll shows that President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump neck and neck in a hypothetical 2024 matchup with Trump at 38% and Biden at 36%. All right, I'm going to go off on a limb again and say, who's voting for <laughs> Biden? Are these these dead people that still have a... I mean, I'm sorry, Jesse. Anybody breathing right now, looking at the world and our country with the way things are, and they're going to vote for Biden with all of his pro-abortion and, and anti-Catholics. I mean, are you kidding me? But you know what, Jess? Sin makes us ignorant, makes us stupid. And I look at the confession lines and then ask yourself about the Catholic Church and say, are we living holy lives? I'm going to be right up front and say, hey, I mean, I went to confession Sunday or Monday, right? And I said, why? Because I'm a sinner. But I'm going to ask myself, where's the line? There was nobody in line. And I got to ask the question with millions of Catholics, who's going to confession? And if, if you're not going to confession, then, then I think you're going to vote the wrong way. Why? Because yeah. sin makes you stupid. Okay, yes, man. yes. Hey, calm down, Terry. Go ahead, Jess. <laughs> calm down, up, Terry. Man. Hey, uh, the feast day of St. Lucy, pray for oh, us. Yeah. She got, she's a martyr. Hey, Jesse, let me ask you a question when you talk about her. You know how yeah. guys go to become martyrs and they go, yeah, dude, toughen up. I got to tell you something. St. Lucy, she, she impressed me because she's a woman wow. and she was, you know, very courageous to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to die for Christ. A woman doing that. I can see a man doing it much easier. Yeah. St. Lucy, virgin martyr, Syracuse, Sicily. Yep. Today's her feast day. She was born of rich and noble parents, uh, 283 AD. Yep. Her father was Roman. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, her mother was Eutychia, probably of Greek heritage. Just like a lot of the early martyrs, Lucy consecrated her virginity to God, and she hoped to devote all her worldly goods to the service of the poor. 
Her mother arranged a marriage for her, but for three years she managed to postpone the marriage. Lucy prayed at the tomb of St. Agatha to change her mother's mind about her, about her faith. As a result, her mother's long uh, uh, hemorrhagic illness was cured, and she agreed with Lucy's desire to live for God. So St. Lucy's rejected bridegroom Pascasius. He denounced Lucy as a Christian. Yeah. The governor planned to force her into prostitution, but when the guards wow. went to fetch her, they could not even move her, even when they hitched her to a team of oxen. <laughs> the governor ordered, ordered her killed instead. Yeah. After torture they, that included having her eyes torn out, yeah. she was surrounded by bundles of wood, which were set on fire. The fire quickly went out. She prophesied against her persecutors <laughs> and was then executed by being stabbed to death with a dagger. Uh, legend says her eyesight was restored before her death. Awesome. This and the meaning of her name led to her connection with eyes... The blind, eye trouble, and other ailments. St. Lucy, pray for us. Jesse, one quick note that we've made this point. When someone dies a martyr, you bypass purgatory. Jesse, can I tell you something? In one sense, I know I got a lot to do in purgatory. But you know what, dude? If someone takes me out, yes, I bypass it. That's what our church teaches. Amen. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Amen. How about some soul food, brother? Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Matthew chapter 11, 28. Jesus said to the crowd, yeah. come to me, mm-hmm. all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ lived in a rural community. Yeah. So he's ta- that, that reference is to the beast of burden. They used to have these woke... I mean, there's wood, wood yokes around their neck where they would plow the fields mm-hmm. and they would do this in pairs. And and it was it's hard work, obviously, you know, plowing a, a field all day as, 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 as an, you know, even if you're an animal. And the fact is, Jesus Christ is using that same imagery. Yeah. He's saying that, you know, life is like having a yoke around your neck. Mm-hmm. It's tough. There's going to be struggle. It's going to be hard and arduous. But Jesus is saying, let me be the person next to you with the yoke around my neck, and it'll be easier to carry the burdens of life. If you allow me, walk with me, put that burden, put that yoke around your neck, but it's around my neck as well, and I'll walk with you and make it a lot easier. Jesus is basically saying, let me be your Simon of Cyrene. Awesome. Just one last quick note. When it says, learn from me, I think that that statement right there to the church today, we got to learn, we got to be biblically sound. I mean, Cardinal Sorrell is going to talk about I, I know what you're going to You know where I'm going. <laughs> learn from me. Don't learn from the science or sociology. Have the biblical worldview. Yes, Jesse. Or I'm, don't look from Klaus Schwab in the exactly. World Economic Forum. Have the world biblical view. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. Holy Mother of the Church. Thank you. We come back. We're going to talk about immigration. What does the Catholic Church teach and what's going on with our bishops? Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse's breaks go by quick. I want to bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. Let's hear that choo-choo train coming on, but it's running late. There it is. And just so you know, I did a, a, a 
a video, I guess we'd call it, uh, it was a, December 9th was Bishop Sheen's 44th anniversary of his death. And there was a, a group of Bishop Sheen lovers like me, and they did a podcast. And so people want to get it. I think you just go to FultonSheen.com and you can watch it. But uh, here's what he has to say about tradition. And again, Jesse, I'm, I'm bringing these things up because sometimes I think in the church we've got amnesia. We have forgotten mm. our roots. So here's what Bishop Sheen says. You cannot think about going back to the storehouse of your memory. So, too, civilization has a memory, and our country has a memory. Our church has a a memory and a tradition. That tradition is freedom within the law and not outside of it. So the the point I got from Fulton Sheen there, Jess, is some of us in the church, high officials, will say things like, Hey, that's the way it was done, you know, years ago. Let's let's forget about that. Um, I find that short-sightedness because the church has got a 2,000-year memory. And what we did in the past can benefit us in the future. So thank you, Bishop Sheen, for that point. Amen. Have our bishops embraced the Schumer doctrine? That's what we want to talk about. Who's Schumer? Let's talk about who Chuck Schumer, he's uh, probably the oldest... Yeah. One of the oldest uh, ranking uh, yeah. Democrats. He's from New York. That's right. He's a he's a Senate Majority Leader. Uh, he's a troublemaker. You know, when oh, it, yeah. when it comes to people of faith, for us people of faith. That's true. He's Chuck Schumer has revealed a curious motive for his support of unlimited illegal immigration. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. He told reporters. Outside the Capitol on November 6th, Chuck Schumer said, we have a pop, a population that is not reproducing on its own. You think? And you're helping like, it by, yeah. uh, by supporting killing babies. So you can't have it both ways. Continue, please. Yeah. So he says, we have a population that is not reproducing on its own with the same level that it used to. You think? Yeah. Terry, what's your comment, Terry? I'm not, I'm, I've been talking too much. I'm kind of <laughs> zipping it because Jess... I'm, I'm okay. fired up, man. Then he yeah. says, the only way we're going to have a great future in America yeah. is that we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are. It's probably about 30 million. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> in their years of cheer, I'm going to just uh, go, go down a little bit. Uh, in their years of cheering on the murder of the unborn, yeah. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi have worked overtime right. to make sure that, that that there will never be enough Americans. Yep. Now they claim that there that there can never be too many illegal aliens. And which is it? Wow. I know, it's just hypocrisy. With his with his dictum that unlimited abortion and illegal immigration will save America, Chuck Schumer hides murder in the disguise of a moral imperative. So let's call this the Schumer Doctrine. Now, here's a connection with the Catholic Church, and this is kind of embarrassing. Too. It is. It's embarrassing, but it's yeah. a fact. It's a, yeah, yeah. So here, with this dictum, let's call this the Schumer Doctrine. One wonders, what do America's Catholic bishops make of it? Hmm. Well, they're all aboard the, Ill- the illegal immigration train. In fact, they support it so strongly that it's become their prime mandate. So they agree with Democrat Senator Chuck Schumer, the USCCB, 
on the desirability of illegal immigration, although we can pray that they don't support his reasons. <laughs> but let's face it. If the USCCB, if they're afraid to confront Joe Biden on abortion, yep. they don't dare confront, you know, Chuck Schumer either. So they remain silent before both. Uh, Thomas Sowell, uh, Masterful Migrations and Cultures, his book, he's a, uh, a conservative black economist. He details how America's bishops welcomed legal immigrants over the past two centuries, but their current shift to supporting illegal immigration on such a massive scale is unprecedented. Follow the money. Sorry, I'm going to say it because we, the government gives uh, the church quite a bit of money, funding over 50% of its budget. Continue, Jess, but I, I couldn't let that go. Yeah. Ten so, yeah. 10 years ago, Los Angeles Archbishop, uh, Bishop that, the, that Catholic vote says is the hero yeah. of the year. Just mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, Los Angeles Archbishop Jose Gomez predicted a Hispanic, quote, next America, close quote. And today, Hispanics constitute over half of American Catholics under the age of 30. Wow. Like the rest of the country, America's Catholic population is not reproducing on its own with the same level that it used to. Why not? (laughs) Ask your, uh, don't ask your bishop. No. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things, I'm happy now. Yeah. When I was a kid and my mom and dad, you know, said, you got to learn Spanish. And like me and my brothers, I kind of want to learn Spanish. We live in America. I'm actually glad now oh, that yeah. I did learn Spanish. And I'm telling you why, because mm-hmm. it's an asset. Oh, yeah. Because I'm able to communicate with a large part of the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. That, that I'm telling you, Terry, they tell me I'm like an anomaly. They say, Hispanics don't talk like you. Yep. We're glad you speak Spanish because you tell us things that we've never heard before about church and politics. So, you know what? Thanks, Mom and Dad. Uh, you know, thanks for teaching me Spanish because... Uh, the last 25, 30 years, I, I, I've been trying to do a lot of good with that second language. Amen, brother. Yeah. Uh, l- let me go all the way down here. Yeah, where, you want to go where? To the bottom of the article where it says divided loyalties. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, let's go down where it says divided yep. loyalties. Yep, I got it. It says, in their annual meeting this month, bishops reaffirmed their support for the Schumer Doctrine, this, that's open borders, by electing Bishop Mark Seitz, of El Paso to head the USCCB's committee uh, committee on immigration. He's the bishop that was seen on his knees before Black Lives Matter flags. Yeah, the same guy. Yeah, yeah that's him. Mm-hmm. Ma- a man of the left. Yep. Bishop Seitz received 127 votes to 116 for Archbishop Thomas Wenske of Miami. Admittedly, there wasn't much of a choice. Yeah, I was going to say that. Both prelates strongly support Schumer and are openly hostile to the rule of law. We know that this is the same rule of law that protects the religious freedom of the bishops from the constant attempts by none other than Chuck Schumer to destroy it. The, Sh- the Schumer doctrine raises painful questions for Catholic bi- bishops. Will they remind Schumer that the reason we had 50 million fewer Americans today is abortion? Good point. More than likely, on that score, we will see the same silence they have demonstrated for over 50 years per the, the Hubbard doctrine. Bishops are plainly torn between their love of illegal immigration and their hatred of abortion. But here, here's the kicker. This is a good line. But why are they vocal on one issue, receiving millions in federal funding to perpetuate it, open borders, yep. while giving the other 
only lip service pro-life. Is it because there's no federal money in fighting that's abortion? That's how I see it. Bingo. Yeah, that's how I see is, it. Is that why the left, is that is that why they've left that battle to the lady for 50 years? Oh, that last sentence there was, was gold. Yep, they left the battle to the lady for 50 years. Yep. <sighs> oh, Terry. But uh, you, you know, Jesse, again. You said it. You said it. Follow the follow money, man. The money. You just, you, I mean, you can't say it any better. And I'm telling you, Terry, it's going to be sad on Judgment Day because what's more important, life yeah. or helping people cross the border illegally? Yeah. Let's just be honest, Terry. Uh, most bishops, they're not even upholding the teachings of the Second Vatican Council on Illegal Immigration. Or the Catechism. <laughs> well, yeah, it's in 2241. Right. That's it, and that says a country has a right <laughs> to regulate who comes in and who goes out of the country. In other words, this is not Jesse Romero's doctrine. The Catholic Church has taught this, but unfortunately, ah. our bishops aren't following that. And as a result of that, Terry, we're paying a price because oh, here's what's going to happen one day. Mark my words. I said it here on the Terry and Jesse show. Yeah. Uh, they, the the border patrol, they classify people coming in. It, it's like going through like going into Disneyland or Magic Mountain. You, you know the little turnstiles that you go through. Sure. They're just they're just coming in, Terry, yeah. and they just say Mexican OTM, Mexican OTM, Mexican OTM means other than Mexican. So if you're Chinese, yeah. Arab you know, Muslim, uh -huh. you know, whatever, India, your OTM. Got it. Well, let me tell you something, Terry. Tell me. We are ripe for another 9-11. Well, that's what they just made the announcement, said be careful this holiday season. We can't, we can't protect you right now for this. There's not enough law enforcement they said. for all the people that have been brought in illegally. Yeah. Uh, we, we are, we are, what happened, what happened over in Paris, uh, France, mm -hmm. what happened in, in New York, in the World Trade Center, yep. we are ripe for another 9-11, and probably even bigger than that, Terry. Well, and and, and now, from a Catholic point of view, I'll tell you why this is so wrong. Eduardo's movie, Sound of Freedom, he told us why. This, the, that border, Terry, mm -hmm. this is, this is the, the gateway to world child sex trafficking the diabolical world of child sex trafficking and 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 eduardo verastig in the movie he tells us that mexico is the largest exporter of child sex trafficking in the world and guess what terry we're allowing this to happen well hamas vows violence against america's everywhere in a chilling new video okay i mean they say everywhere we're talking america so just know that uh all of this was done because we didn't do the right thing. And that is we opened our borders and we're opening it to thugs and criminals. Yeah. And we're just going to continue to do that until it stops. But uh, you're right. Something big's going to happen. And uh, we, we set it up for ourselves. So, Jesse, one quick note. Can you, do you have the catechism verse right there in front of you? Yeah, I do. Why don't I you do read have that? It. Because I think people need it. Here it is. Yeah. 2241 CCC. Yeah. The more prosperous nations are obliged to it to the extent they are able mm -hmm. to welcome the foreigner in search of the security and the means of livelihood which he cannot find in his country of origin. Public authorities should see to it that the natural right is respected that places a guest under the protection of those who receive him. Political authorities, for the sake of the common good for which they are responsible, 
may make the exercise of the right to, here it is, immigrate subject to various juridical conditions, especially with regard to the immigrants' duties. Immigrants' duties toward their country of adoption. Immigrants are obliged to respect with gratitude the material and spiritual heritage of the country that receives them. Here it is. Immigrants are required to obey its laws and to assist in carrying civic burdens. Terry, none of this is being followed. And the U.S. bishops, they know about this, this, what the catechism says. They're turning a blind eye to it. You know why, Terry? There's a lot of money to be made in illegal immigration. There is no federal money to be made in defending babies. And that's sad to have to say that about Holy Mother of the Church here in America, but it is what it is. Stay with us, family. We're going to shift gears to Cardinal Seurat and his interview. Stay with us because what he has to say is profound. We'll be right back. We're back, yes. Hit it. Terry and Jesse show. <laughs> That's right. Too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed, Man. and hope is money. We'd be billionaires. <laughs> One of the great cardinals that inspires me, Cardinal yeah. Robert Seurat. Me too. He said that, in a nutshell, no synod can invent a female priesthood. <laughs> in fact, if you study female priesthood, they're all found in pagan religions yeah. And satanic religions. Yep. So Cardinal Robert Seurat, the prefect emeritus of the, of the Dicastery for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, stressed that the priesthood is unique and warned that no council, no synod can invent a female priesthood. He gave this conference over in Mexico City at a seminary. Uh, the conference was called Joyful Servants of the Gospel. And the cardinal said that no one has the power to transform this, this divine gift to adapt it and reduce its transcendence value to the cultural and environmental field. He said no council, no synod, nope. no ecclesial, ecclesiastical authority has the power to invent a female priesthood without seriously damaging the perennial physiognomy of the priest. Yeah. His sacramental identity within the renewed ecclesiological vision of the church, mystery, communion, and mission. Terry? Yeah, one thing he said that really touched me when he said he stressed that the Catholic faith professes that the sacrament of holy orders instituted by Christ the Lord is one. It is identical for the universal church. Mm. For Jesus, there's no African, German, Amazonian, <laughs> European priesthood. The priesthood is unique and it is identical uh, for the universal church. Now, why do I say that's important, Jesse? Because what do we keep hearing about enculturation and the liturgy? He's going to get into that. And we've always said that that's a problem. This is what's so beautiful about the universal language of Latin, Jesse, when it comes to the priesthood, the mass in Latin. Everyone in the world can go to the same mass and worship comfortably. I'm, I'm just giving you that my experience of traveling, and I know you do more traveling than I do around the world, but I think having a universal language unifies the church. It did that for, thousand, for a thousand years. And so I think that maybe you know, we should reconsider going back to a universal language for the liturgy, whether it's the Novus Ordo Latin Mass or the Trinitine Mass, but one language unifies the body. I'll prove that to you. Go ahead. 
largest religion in the world, unfortunately, is Islam. Mm -hmm. Guess what? What unifies Islam? Arabic. Yep. Everybody who converts to Islam, they learn Arabic. They learn Arabic. They read the Bible in Arabic. They worship Allah and they read their Quran in Arabic. Mm -hmm. They worship Allah in Arabic. Uh, they do their prayers in Arabic. And so if somebody says, well, language doesn't unify, language divides, tell that to Islam. Yeah. They have no problem recruiting men. Men. Yeah, that's true. So back to the article. Yep, hit it. It says in, uh, in uh, Cardinal Seurat's conference, the prefect yeah. also reflected on being a priest and stressed that the priesthood is a great, great mystery. Mm -hmm. So great a gift that it would be a sin to waste it. Yep. It's a divine gift that must be received, understood, and lived. And the church has always sought to understand and enter deeper into the real and proper being of the priest as a baptized man called to be an altar Christus, another Christ, even more so an ipse Christus, Christ himself, to represent him, to conform to him, to be configured and mediated in Christ with priestly ordination, he explained. By the way, and I'm just going to add something here. This is why Dante... In his, in his book, The Divine Comedy, mm -hmm. and he was a philosopher, poet, you know, yeah. a theologian. He has a special place reserved in hell for priests. That's right. And the reason, it, the reason is, is because look at what uh, Cardinal Siraj just said, what a priest is. He's ultra Christus. He's ipse Christus. And so somebody who betrays Jesus Christ and has this office because they're, they have a very high office with a lot of spiritual authority. Somebody who betrays them at this office, uh, their fall is going to be much greater than, uh, you know, Henry the heroin addict over in East Los Angeles. Exactly. And their punishment will be much greater, too. Because, again, he's going to have much more to answer for than, uh, you know, uh, Mario the marijuana smoker or Harry the heroin addict over in uh, South Central L.A. <laughs> you think? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Jesse, you know, this prelate, this, this cardinal, again, I wish he was the pope for us today because <laughs> he speaks so clearly. He said, the priest is a man of God who is day and night in the presence of God to glorify him, to adore him. Have you heard any high prelate talk like this, Jesse? Mm. I, he says the priest is a man emulated in sacrifice to prolong the sacrifice of Christ for the salvation of the world. He's talking about holy mass, Jesse. This guy's yeah. nailing it. Yes, and, and and let me give you something to, I think for men it'll be helpful for men. I'll tell you what what uh, it, well, first of all, the mass is the once and for all sacrifice of Calvary made present here and now. Uh, of sacred time yeah. and it's interesting that uh, uh, you know we have two forms of the mass two rites of the mass yeah. in, in the Latin two forms of the mass in the Latin rite right. but just the other day another cardinal who happens to be black himself Cardinal Wilton Gregory says that 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 mass the Tridentine mass uh, which is called the extraordinary form of the mass he says it has to die a slow death what yeah so, uh, so yeah, sad. so, so yeah, Cardinal. It's been around so beautiful that it's fed millions for one thousand six hundred oh, years, probably. Gosh. Cardinal Wilton Gregor says that the Latin Mass has to die a slow death, and it has to be fully replaced with the Novus Ordo. <laughs> uh, like again, we, I mean, we have two people, two cardinals that are completely at okay. odds with each other in those statements. Yeah, but uh, but going to the article, it says here for Cardinal Seurat. He says, yeah, 
Yeah, Terry read that. Yeah, he said, Cardinals, yeah. yeah, where we're at is the priest who does not pray is about to die. Ah, That's a good statement. And Jesse, all of us, if we stop praying, yeah, we're going to die. Yeah. He, he, he and, says, and, go ahead, Jesse. And, yeah, and let me mention just oh. a case in point right yeah. there. And I'm, yeah. it's, not, it's not gossip. Everybody knows yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. A friend of ours, mine, Christine Niles, yes. said about a friend of ours, Michael yeah, Horst. Everybody knows who he is. Uh, she said that one of the reasons why he fell— yeah. Back into probably the sixth and ninth commandment is because she goes, he stopped praying two years ago. And she noticed because they they pray there in the apostolate, morning prayers, midday prayers, evening prayers. They have chapel. They have daily mass. They have evening awesome. adoration. She said, uh, I stopped seeing him for about two years wow. at the chapel. And he used to lead the prayers. And so, I mean... It, this doesn't just apply to a priest, Terry. It applies no, to anybody. Anybody in apostolic, yeah. anybody. You want to fall, stop praying, and you'll see what happens to you. And you know, Jesse, he also said a church that doesn't pray is a dead church. Wow. And think about think about this. And I, I, I've brought this up to you over the years, but think of the effect on Holy Mother the church has on the world because people aren't going to Mass and doing saying their rosary or they're praying their uh, prayers are night prayers that are living like secular humanists yeah. and they're baptized Catholics. That's got to have effect on Holy Mother of the Church. Mm. And so I just think that uh, that's an important fact. One more thing he said, Jesse, yeah. that regarding the lack of priestly vocations, he encouraged us faithful to pray because it's not what we uh, that we are few. And then, Jesse, this next paragraph about Pope Gregory the Great, please read that because— that, that really woke me up there. He said, Christ ordained 12 for the whole world. Mm-hmm. How many of us are priests today? Yeah. There are close to 400,000 of us priests in the world. There are too many of us, he said, who do not live the priesthood well, wow. citing the same observation made by Pope St. Gregory the Great back in the 7th century. Cardinal Seurat said, many have accepted the priesthood, but they're not doing the work of the priest. And what I, what I got from that, Jesse, wow. is that our priests have not uh, realized the sacramental aspects of mass, confession, praying for the f- people. They've been uh, what I would call uh, secularized. Even priests who, who, who are ordained Catholic priests, I've met many of them who really just have lost their fire for their vocation and want comfort and want, you know, worldly things, and they just have left the sacrificial aspect of being a priest. Bishop Sheen said it well 30, 40 years, 50 years ago when he saw seminarians saying, oh yeah, we're going to be ordained. We got a new, we got a rectory. We're gonna, we got a salary. We're going to be comfortable. And Bishop Sheen looked at him and said, dude, you're going in the wrong direction. That's not what the priesthood's about. Unfortunately, Jesse, formation has been very, very poor. So many of the priests, they have to get formation from other places. And I'll give you one a good place, Father Chad Ripperger. Go. I've had young men in the seminary tell me, wow, I really got my priesthood together because of Father Chad's YouTube channel. Okay, So wow. they have to go outside the seminary to get really good formation. And I hate to have to say that, Jess, because there's just so few good seminaries. Yeah, and Terry, it's, um, there's actually some priests and bishops, <laughs> I don't want to name them, you can look at them on the internet, they've actually started saying, hey, uh, don't call me father. I know. Don't don't call me father. Call me Bob. Right. Call me uh, Jim. Frank or whatever. Call me yeah. Don't call me father. Terry, they've told they me. They lost that. it, man. Don't. Yeah. 
They don't know who they are as a priest. I, I don't want to mention the, 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 no, the but we get several that. bishops yeah, and several priests. Uh, it says here at the end of the article, yeah. Cardinal Seurat says, so in response, we must pray. Ask him, the Lord, to send workers to his harvest. Pray and show that we priests are happy because if young men see that, that we are sad, <laughs> we won't attract anyone here. We have to be happy even if we're suffering. Jesse, I got to laugh because my engineer says, don't you remember when the Arch- uh, uh, Auxiliary Bishop of Los Angeles called you and said, this is Juan? <laughs> yeah. Call, I mean, and, and Jesse's laughing because he remembers that. I forgot about that. And I said, Juan, Juan who? <laughs> and it was because he had to apologize because I exposed that he was teaching her- heresy and I got a tape recording back to the Vatican through Cardinal Ratzinger with the help of Father Fessio. Yeah, we've been at this a while, Jesse. You think? <laughs> All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to have another Cardinal Seurat article. Why am I so fired up today? He's going to offer ways to deal with the crisis in faith in the world. Remember, ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day, and your faith will grow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's what I do yeah. every single yeah. day. Please do that. There Stay with go. us, family. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yeah, Jesse, I love Cardinal Seurat, I got to tell you, brother. Oh, yeah. he's Holy uh, he, man. Cardinal Sir Robert Seurat offers ways to deal with the crisis of faith in the world. Awesome. Let's hear him. He's uh, the, the prefect emeritus for, of the Dicastery for Divine Worship mm-hmm. and the Discipline of the Sacraments, who, by the way, the, the day he turned 75, <coughs> he was readily dismissed. Hmm. On that day, they <laughs> walked him right out of his office. <laughs> Interesting. And it's funny, some modernist uh, prelates, they, they keep him on for a couple of years after 75. Can, I, get, but, can uh, I jump in and give you one? Cardinal Christopher P- uh, Pierre, who was the papal nuncio, for America, he's seventy-eight years old. Go ahead. Just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, and, the, and uh, there's another car, the, the cardinal that re- replaced Cardinal Raymond Burke over right. in uh, in Malta. Yeah, he replaced him with an eighty-year-old bishop. Yeah. So, so Cardinal Burke turned seventy-five <laughs> on that day. You're out. Get out. Pack up yourself. Coincidence. And he re- he replaced him with an eighty-year-old <laughs> bishop. All right, keep okay. going. Okay. So, Cardinal Seurat gave a keynote address at the at La Salle University in, in Mexico City on being a witness of the truth in a world in crisis. Mm. The African Cardinal stressed that today there's so much confusion, so much ambiguity, there it is, Yep. and uncertainty in doctrinal and moral teaching, both outside and inside the church, especially regarding the identity of Christ and the salvation brought by Him. Amen. So, the Cardinal offered five ways to deal with the current situation. Oh, great. And here they are. Yep. This, is, this is good stuff. This is soul food oh, right man, here. Oh, man, I love Soul it. food. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Lord's gym right here. This is exactly. we're gonna we're gonna work out right now, sp- working out the soul. <laughs> Number one, he says the word of God. Yay, man. The cardinal invited those present to prepare themselves to the word of God in order to fight evil and be well disposed, citing Matthew chapter four, verses one to eleven, where our Lord Jesus was led into the desert and tempted by the devil. And Jesus defeated him how? By the word of God. Yep. Cardinal Seurat stressed that our main weapon in spiritual combat is the word, and therefore we must know it very well. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, tell some of your cardinal friends that uh, sociology and, and, and science. Psychology, yeah. psychiatry. That's, that's way down below. Okay. Number two. Yeah, it is a workout. Prayer. It, it's, it, it's hard work. Yeah. It says, the other fundamental weapon. I love this language too, Jesse. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Manly is, oh. is prayer. Pope Benedict gave us a great lesson in the power of prayer in his last 10 years of his life. He noted, the cardinal encouraged the faithful to stop pray, that, that to not to stop praying, going to mass, or going to confession. Today, we urgently need to reappropriate these divine gifts. He emphasized. Cardinal Seurat also encouraged prayer, reflection, and dialogue with God in silence. Yeah, you know, Jesse, that comment what he just said about not stopping to go to mass. We, you know, we have maybe 16, 18% of the Catholics in America going to Mass, maybe 1% or 2% going to confession on a regular basis. Um, and I think one of the reasons, and I'll just throw this in, I want to get to it all, but I want to say my reason that I think is, is this idea that my conscience says I'm okay to kill unborn babies. My conscience says it's okay to have a second, third, fourth, or fifth wife. And therefore, I don't need to go to confession because I'm my own judge. I think that that's a big problem in the church. Am I on to something? You, you nailed it. Terry, that's called the primacy of conscience. There you go. What's the third one, Jess? Number three, the interior life. This is everything right here. Oh, God. It, and if you, and if you, if you f- get an F here, if you fail here, yeah. you will go to hell. This, yeah. this is everything yep. to being a Catholic, the interior life. Mm. The prelate said, Cardinal Cyril said, when we withdraw into the desert of the interior life, we discern the truth that creation is at war against man who claims to care for ecology and defend the environment, but at the same time promotes abortion, euthanasia, and homosexuality, the Guinean prelate said. You know, it's, it's very simple. If you don't purify yeah. and master uh, uh, your, your, your interior life, by having a well-formed moral conscience and strengthening your will through the life of prayer and the sacraments, if you don't cultivate that interior life, uh, you're you're powerless against the devil, the world, and the flesh. The interior life must be strong. That's what gives you the strength to resist, and that's what gives you the strength to go on the offense and fight against the devil, the world, and the flesh. You nailed it. When you can't say no to yourself, you're, you're lost. Okay? No discipline, you're lost. Yeah. Fourth one, silence. He wrote a book on this. In silence, we enter into the presence of God in our hearts. In, si- in the silence, all the noises, the distractions, and even the most legitimate concerns are opportunely relativized, put in a relation to the cross, and there the light of the gospel appears. There, everything is offered to God, including ourselves, he said. It is imperative today to discipline the mind, the heart, by fixing our gaze wow. on the cross. He pointed out, modern man has a terrible, has, has a, started a terrible war against God and against man, a satanic war. This is why the spiritual battle with the evil is part of the Christian life, he added. Continue, Jesse, because this is spiritual warfare at the top of the food chain, isn't it? Cardinal Seurat continues to talk about silence. He says he pointed out that the man fights to protect nature, yeah. but at the same time destroys man, mm-hmm. marriage, life, and refuses to accept himself in his own identity 
as a man or a woman. Well said. God created us male or female, and today we see that everyone can choose to be male or <laughs> Give female. Give me a break. The African Cardinal said, the West has forgotten God yeah. and seeks only fleeting pleasure. Oh, well said. This has resulted in individuals every day with more, more isolated and with the great existential void. Yep, that's why suicide is at an all-time are, high rate. Are you right ready, now. Jesse? Suicide, I just read it this morning. Age 12 to 25 is the second most common uh, type of death that wow. has, takes place in America. Second. Yeah. I mean, this is unbelievable because young people don't know the meaning and purpose of life. Number five, inner struggle. Just read that one because that's an awesome one. Inner struggle. The struggle of today, Cardinal Shiraz says, and every day takes place in the heart and is, as St. Paul says, against the spirits of evil. These are demons. Mm -hmm. The demons seek my ruin and my estrangement from God at all cost. Carl Robert Ross stressed. The Cardinal affirmed that with transhumanism, we want to augment God, make man a machine, a superhuman, perhaps deceiving ourselves with becoming immortal, invincible, super intelligent, super powerful, making man a God, lowercase g. Yeah. Transhumanism is an intellectual, cultural, and scientific movement that asserts a moral duty to improve the physical and cognitive ca capacities of humans and to apply new technologies to eliminate unwanted conditions such as fatigue, pain, disease, age, and death. You know, Jesse, can I just wow. jump in and say, I mean, the guy speaks so clear. Again, this is my third request. I wish he was the Pope. <laughs> I'm serious, because he's so clear on his teachings. Wow. It's well, Terry. Continue nothing's, on, nothing's impossible with God. Yeah, continue on. Uh, yeah, it just uh, it it just basically says now here that uh, he's he's he was he offered a mass at the National Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe on June twenty second, and he gave this uh, presentation at the Primatial Archdiocese of Mexico at the Conciliar uh, Seminary. So, let me tell you. Yeah. Let me let me try to fire you up this last one minute or two yeah, minutes, okay? Please do. All right. Okay. So, when we were all baptized, we became children of God, John chapter 3 verse 5. Baptism makes you born again. When you were confirmed, you became a soldier of Christ. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. So, when the bishop, who is a general in the Catholic Church, he's a general in the church militant, when he laid his hands on your head, he gave you a mystical sword. Yeah. It's the sword of the spirit. As the Bible says, Ephesians 6, 17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So Christ, our King has entrusted every one of you Amen. with the sword to fight the culture of death and to fight demons that roam the earth, seeking your, our damnation. Yeah. Your sword is an offensive weapon. You must be a joyful warrior, as it says in 2 Maccabees chapter 15, verse 26. And you should go on the offense and slay error. As St. Augustine says, slay error and slay demons. And when you die, die you will, you're going to be sitting before the judgment seat of Christ the King. Our Lord's going to look at your sword and inspect it. If he sees that your sword is clean, it's never been used, it looks exactly the way you received it in confirmation, you never evangelized, you were not a prayer warrior, you were not an activist, our Lord's going to say to you, depart from me, you evildoer, I never knew you, Matthew seven twenty three. Or how about this scenario? Our Lord takes your sword from your hands as you kneel down before him at your judgment and he sees that your sword is full of scratches. It's dented. It's chipped. It has nicks. It's full of blood. Our Lord will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Matthew 25, 21. So 
the point is, if you knew that you were going to die tonight, what would you be doing differently? I'll tell you, me and Terry, we wouldn't be doing anything nope. differently. We would continue to fulfill our duties according to our state in life. Amen. And whatever my duties call me to do as a Catholic man, I'm going to continue to do until my heart stops. The Christian life is simple. Do your duty according to your state in life until the Lord calls you to your judgment seat. Because in the final analysis, there is eternity. There's only going to be winners and losers. Heaven or hell, we choose our own destinies by how we live our lives. Someone's asking, is this your last testament show? <laughs> I just had a meltdown, brother. I know. I, I, I had know. A and I did too, Jess. You know what, brother? <laughs> I, and, and I say this because our love for Christ is so great right now because we see the need in the church. And I want people to understand they can take this program from our website and forward it to friends and family because I, I, I sense the intensity of this show because it, it's, it's taught. We, we're catechizing people. We're teaching them the faith. We're asking them to ask for more faith. But it's Cardinal Seurat who wrote our show. And I really believe that this is the kind of leadership we men need, especially, Jess. Do you notice the language this man is giving us? It's very biblical, man. And uh, anyhow, I thank him for that. Jess, we only have another minute or two, but I want to also remind everybody that the end of the year is here. And if people want to make a year-end donation, a one-time donation to you know, write some money off, they can do that by going to vmpr.org or call me at 661 661- Nine seven two seven eight seven two. And I thank you in advance, even if you can't keep us in your prayers. Yes, Romero, I ask you this question every single day here on VMPR because this is the most important question of the day of the year of our life. What state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Become holy or die trying. Well said. And again, Our Lady of Fatima, she said it right now. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for people. Like We can do that. And also, don't forget to ask Jesus Christ for more faith. I said that earlier in the show. Do it every day, and the benefits will be out of this world. Your faith will grow. People ask me, why do you have such strong faith? Because I stay close to Jesus and the Holy Eucharist, our Blessed Mother. I spend time in prayer. I get to the sacraments. It's not brain surgery, folks. It's simple. Fall in love with Jesus. Thanks again for joining us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And may God richly bless you and your family. Up next, Matt Arnold's show.